0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to another edition of The Movie Men. I'm Callum O'Toole, your host as ever, and I am joined by Johnny Smith. Hey, Johnny. Uh Aha. How are you doing? Uh, Yeah,
1: well, well, taking along.
0: There is unfortunately no James P with us this week. He's hearing voices, and so we've had to section him. Unfortunate, but necessary. If you try and section me, Johnny, I'll section you so fast. And obviously, James's film of the week is One Flew Over the Cookies Nest. Yes, exactly. Just on repeat, over and over and over again, like the episode of Black Mirror that I just watched the other day. So, uh, Johnny, as ever, you're unemployed. I've just joined you in the ranks of the unemployed, actually. So, now we're full-time podcasters. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, Pete, any donations are welcome. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to start charging £10 an episode after this week. Checks, PayPal... Yeah, all of the above. Gold gold, Prefer- bullion. Preferably both of the above. Just pay twice. We're worth it. So uh, in our unemployed state, though, we've been able to check out plenty of news from around the world of film this week. So what's caught your eye?
1: Well, I was uh, looking this week at trailers, good old-fashioned trailers. Mm. And, uh, there were some shit ones before the film we just saw. There were some shit ones. And quite often trailers are shit. So the debate this week in The Guardian, they were saying that the uh, trailer for the new Marvel film... Because they don't come around that often. Can we just watch that? So? She might not know there's a new Marvel film coming out. <laughs> but this one's Venom, and it's got Tom Hardy in oh, it. Oh, good, another Marvel film. You know, Spider-Man's uh, yeah. adversary, who's basically like him, but black and white, rather than red and just, blue.
0: Or just black,
1: like the one we just saw. Pretty much. So, you know, colour schemes all over the place in Marvel. But uh, yeah. the criticism was that the Venom trailer that came out didn't have enough Venom in it. Huh? It was just basically Tom Hardy having a bit of a funny turn and then the trailer ends. Right. So the Guardian article was saying, yeah. by having this you know, low key stripped back trailer, is that going to affect the box office performance? Probably not. It's, it seems to be a bit of a trend. But that's the thing is, you know, what is a good trailer? Is a good trailer one that gives the whole film away? No. Or is a good trailer, like, to me, the idea of Avengers, where it just gives you a bit and you go, ooh, that looks exciting, and mm. you go and see it.
0: With well, the Jurassic World trailer, I've seen, there's two, uh, for the new one, I've seen two of them, and I now feel like I don't need to see the film, because, like, literally, there are so many dramatic moments in the trailers, I'm like, either these are all the dramatic moments, or there's too
1: many dramatic moments in this film, so. This is the thing with, with trailers now, is it feels like their studios are so worried about people not going to see it and not getting it, that they have to give you everything, basically the whole film in chronological order, with every, you know, or plot twist, or nothing, but I'd rather have nothing. You need to give the essence, you know, to yeah. get people hooked in, but you don't need to give them the plot. Whatever happened to when it was like,
0: he was a guy in search of a girl? You know, when it was like the guy used to do like the voiceover trailers? Well, I was watching... Well, a, the Full Monty, that had that, that. I was watching a lot of trailers recently. nightmare,
1: clipping that up for the show that <laughs> the Full Monty. Sorry. But I was, I've been watching a lot of trailers from the 60s and 70s, because I'm unemployed. Mm-hmm. And all of those have the same voiceover man, who's quite sinister. Right. But then that there's a you know a happy medium where you don't need a man telling you everything that goes on. But if you yeah. really want to see a good trailer, watch the original Star Wars trailer because it just makes it sound like it's a really creepy horror film in space. Right. Just cuts in all the bits of people screaming or shouting. Is that not one of the mashups? No, I think this is this is a proper trailer. I'm right. Because the trailer mashups. It looks great. Up, it looks more like Alien than Star Wars. If you've never
0: seen the trailer to Broke Back to the Future, that is definitely worth checking out. That's a wicked mashup. Um Sleepless in Seattle, that's a good one. Like t- Flip said. And Shining, instead the, of the, sh- just the Shining. The, which turns it into a family drama. Yeah, yeah. That's a very so good one. Good. Yeah. That's excellent. That's the best one. Uh, no, Break Back to the Future is probably the best one. Um, right, well, no, good to bring to the table, Johnny. Um, well, you yeah. know, to, to put things on more of a, a serious note, um, we've had the Harvey Weinstein scandal that's rocked Hollywood. Um, and potentially this week there was one that's, that could be even bigger, Johnny. I don't want to make light of it, but this is some really serious stuff going on here. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but in the new Peter Rabbit film... James Corden did it. Yeah, well, that was bad enough. (laughs) Just when you
1: thought the rabbit couldn't get any more offensive. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Um, Well, the film is facing a boycott. There's actually a Twitter hashtag, hashtag boycott Peter Rabbit, because there's a scene in which the rabbits throw blackberries at a man who is allergic to blackberries. And this has got... Everyone's gander up. Everyone is fuming about the situation. This is daytime television fodder. If, yeah. If there ever was. <laughs> this is this morning. Like literally, Holly
1: and Philip Schofield. That's that right? the yeah, one. yeah.
0: They'll have this on this morning. Piers Morgan on Good Morning Britain. They'll be all over this. Loose shit.
1: women. Loose women. We'll be talking about nothing else this week. So
0: uh, let me just read you out a couple of, of the tweets that have accompanied this. Um, so, Hydro Girl 71, as a mother of a toddler allergic to several foods, I am disgusted, disgusted, that Sony would make a joke out of flicking an allergen at a food allergic individual. Doing so is felony aggravated assault. Okay, so that's one. You know, a very measured response there. From I mean, Peter
1: Rabbit could be accused of, of, you know, eating crops. Yeah. Felony aggravated assault. That's <laughs> yes. a new one. Theft as well. So yeah, what's what message is this? Any? And his
0: peachy. um... My 10-year-old son really wanted to see Peter Rabbit, but no way will I take him. He has multiple food allergies, some that cause life-threatening reactions. Now, my biggest concern here is that Peachy doesn't quite know how allergies work. I don't think you can get it through looking at a screen. (laughs) So that would be my main concern for Peachy's Child. But, um, no, look, obviously we're kidding. It's not funny. Give him a second series, you shit, (laughs) Peaches. But, have we reached peak offence now?
1: I suppose, Deep it, victimhood. I suppose when you think about it, it's not that different to the Harvey Weinstein scandal in the fact mm. it's 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 putting your nuts in someone's mouth and causing offense. I'm gonna have to cut that out. Because <laughs> <laughs> even I'm offended by that.
0: <laughs> the world is changing. Soon there will only be the conqueror. And the conquerors. Into the you are a good man. Into the it's a good heart. And it's hard for a good man to be a king. So the reason Johnny and I have gathered here today, this evening, is to review Black Panther. And for once, Johnny, we are hot off the press. This film came out hours ago. We've just seen it. It's yet another Marvel film. Um... As if the world needed more. So, Johnny, the first question I'm going to pose to you about Black Panther is... Is this uh, a good addition to the Marvel stable? Is it doing anything different from any of the same old Marvel that we've seen trotted out time and time and time and time and time and time and time? Sorry, got a bit ahead of myself there. Time and time again.
1: Well, I think I haven't seen a Marvel film in a while because I got the well-known 21st century illness of... Marvelitis, mm-hmm. where Got the Marvel, Marvel fatigue, yeah, where, where I had Marvel to lie stars. down in a dark room and watch uh, period dramas or something. Mm-hmm. So, I haven't seen a Marvel film in a while, so I think watching this was okay against <laughs> all of my better judgments of thinking it's going to be one of the worst things I've ever seen. A ringing endorsement there, listeners. So, if you're wondering what to do with uh, this film, it was
0: okay. Johnny Smith
1: says it is okay. I think you know, the first, it's too long. Yes, it's overly long, but this is all Marvel. Like, it was it, like two and a half hours. Two and a half, yeah. and I think the you know the main thing about it it's is it's utilizing you know African culture mm-hmm. in this you know fictional African country, and actually the setting and the environment and the characters and the sort of culture and rituals that all come with it is actually quite refreshing and something mm-hmm. different, and you know it adds. Something that you know that Marvels were missing—it's very formulaic Marvel—and so mm. to see this sort of new environment, um, one well away from you know Iron Man, Spider Man, mm-hmm. and the usual suspects, I think works really well and, and sort of definitely drives the film on from the start. It's—it adds a bit of simplicity to it, doesn't it?
0: It strips it back. There's a lot of sort of African ritual, tribal traditions, and things like that. I'm—I'm I'm, I'm don't for one second expect that they're like culturally accurate, but. You know what I mean? the kind of um, stereotypes, but regardless, it does add a good bit of flavour and a good bit of colour to the actual film itself, which is, you know, something that, if you've got a bit of Marvel fatigue, which you and I certainly have, it kind of, it did feel a bit different from the beginning, didn't it?
1: I think, I think you know, the first hour and a half is, you know, if you're not a Marvel fan, Big Blocks fan, it's quite enjoyable, yeah. and it, it is a, an environment that you don't see often in, in you know many films, let alone Marvel films. It's when... You get to sort of the midway point when the sort of dynamics change, and you know the bad guy comes into it. who... And Michael B. Jordan. Michael is. B. Jordan, of Creed fame. Yeah. Fame. Then. <laughs> then. Fame's a bit strong. Then the whole film becomes too marvelous Yes. We. Not Marvelous. Marvelish. Marvelish. It's as if they've they've you know Marvelous. They've got carried away and they're in their rhythm and they're thinking this is great. It's going really well. And then all of a sudden someone goes. But we need more Marvel <laughs> yeah. there's not enough Marvel in this film so all of a sudden everything goes full Marvel and a lot of people sit around and talk about what they're going to do and then it ends in a massive massive over the top punch up not just a punch up but
0: there's also like spaceships and. Planes. I think that's
1: the thing is with Marvel is just keep when, it simple when it reaches peak Marvel mm-hmm. you know there's a big fight at the end which you expect but then all of a sudden they're like you know this fight's okay it's fine why don't we throw some rhinos in it <laughs> <laughs> and what about a spaceship? And it just gets bigger and bigger to the point I don't think
0: the rhino's a spoiler, you knew the rhino was covered as soon as you saw the rhino. It
1: just yeah. becomes so absurd. And I think all of the things at the start where you're like, This is kinda of novel and different. By the end you're going, God this film is so daft Yeah. So incredibly stupid and you sit back and you look at the characters in this scenario and you go, How stupid must these actors feel? The storyline's the same, isn't it? You know
0: that whole thing that there's only seven films? Marvel, there's only one film, isn't there? Yeah, pretty much. It's just it's just in different places, and I really liked it. It was kind of like um, a bit of Avatar meets The Lion King in parts, wasn't it? There was like that element to it, like a futuristic but basic society, and then picking a king.
1: It was, it, you know. I think the part maybe slight the problem is that you know the the sort of African culture that goes into it is. Really good and different, but it's also very superficial to a point, and it yeah. becomes a bit self-indulgent in the whole oh, ritual. It just becomes one big ritual, and they're like, "Look, there's a ceremony for anointing a new king. Yeah, there's a ceremony for <laughs> yeah. raising the spaceship." And you think it was a bit like, but, you know, the world doesn't have those tiny details, which maybe Star Wars does. You know, where what people drink out of or what the bars like, or just those little things that made the world. Seem real, whereas this was very big, glossy, superficial. You, you know, you kind of wanted someone to just do something really basic. Was it a little bit? Not
0: offensive is not the right word. I don't think, but was it a little bit insensitive? That that that. From what you're mentioning there was there was a lot of like we look at the Africans do this. Like they massively overused
1: African music. Yeah, like every I, single I mean, scene, you know, I, drums. I, jungle drumming in into my brain. There's yeah. a point when you're like, I get it. You yeah. know, we've we've gone We're through Africa. using apps for right. music. It was like listening to uh, Graceland and by and it was also Paul like... Simon on repeat over and over again. <laughs>
0: yeah. Not bad. Adam. Call me out on that.
1: Without but, you can call me out. <laughs>
0: um
1: but isn't
0: this whole film just say like
1: Africa shouldn't have technology. Africans don't have technology. I think, but look at these Africans that do. I think the, the, that's the thing is for a Marvel film we were obviously trying to do something different, but there was a lot of muddled sort of big ideas you know do we send aid mm. to the rest of the world or is there going to be a black uprising against the white oppressive there was you know a sort of colonial undertone. but it was Actually, done in a way that. that was a bit weird really because yeah. it didn't really make a statement it just sort of a bit in a way it's like well you're trying to address these big race issues in the middle of a big Marvel you know ended inter- film which is basically entertainment yeah it feels a bit throwaway. I I
0: don't know. I I might disagree with you a little on that. I actually quite liked it. I thought it was I thought it added a lot to the film. Like that these big issues i am find it doesn't address it in the way that some other films where that is the main subject matter do, but I think it does actually address it better than some other films I've seen. I mean seen. at least
1: it broaches it because most of the films, yeah. you know, Marvel films won't go anywhere near actual real
0: issues. Slavery, stuff like that. You know, the uh, some of the comments towards the end of the film about, you know, Better to die than be in bondage and stuff like that. I, I, I don't think it was too overplayed. I think it was... Uh, I think it was, you know... M- like m- It was mentioned, it was used, but I don't think it was too overplayed, personally. Um, the problem with Marvel films, though, is, is it's very difficult for actors to stand out in Marvel films.
1: Yeah. It's very
0: much a... Ensemble. Mm, an ensemble. Uh, Andy Serkis and Michael B. Jordan, I think, were very good as the respective bad guys uh, in the film, but... You know the in terms of like the goodies, they're they're always quite one dimensional on, in mobile films, aren't they?
1: I think yeah, the, there's so many people thrown into it, and everyone has their little parts that, you know, it's easy for everyone to get overlooked. And I think there there probably are a few ropey African accents. Yeah, some yeah, some
0: very well. You you said this before we went into it that you actually like when they put on accents. I do. I don't like it.
1: Well, the thing I always think of is when you watch like a World War II film and they're all supposed to be like Valkyrie with Tom Cruise, right? And he's, you know, he doesn't put on accents. Just Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise. Sean Connery does for
0: Red October as well. Yeah, I I quite like
1: that. The way I see it is
0: either have it in the native language with subtitles, or have it in English with an English accent, and just leave it as that.
1: Yeah, I do. You know, at least I can pretend they're German, even if their accent is extremely rugby. (laughs) Or in this, you know, I think they they you know put a blend of Mm. you know subtitled sort of the African language. It's rare
0: that we, uh, we're even remotely positive about Marvel films, so this is progress. Maybe it's because we're quite chilled, quite lean, because th- we, got, yeah. we got high from the people that were sitting behind us humming of weed in the cinema.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was quite an ordeal to actually watch the film because there was them who were giving a, a, quite a pong off mm. and there was the girl next to me who's, whose lanyard kept shining in my face. Stinked the nostrils. Oh, I didn't notice that. That was kind of annoying. And the people behind who just went, mmm, mmm, every time anything happened. Mmm, <laughs> mmm, yeah, mm. <laughs> Oh, yeah, mmm,
0: yeah, he's mm, done that, mmm, of course. Yeah. I didn't actually notice that. There was, it was, there was a annoying. lot of noise. There was, there was a lot of... Hubbub. Yes. So, throughout the film, we actually, went tittle into tittle. The one, we actually went into the wrong film before we ended up in the right film, didn't we as well? Which That's, we'll
1: never know what it was. No, it
0: looked quite good. It wasn't
1: Peter Rabbit. There was no allergies. There was a girl shooting
0: an arrow at deer, so it looked like the Hunger Games, but it, I don't think it was the Hunger Games. Unfortunately, there was no actual posters in the cinema, uh, apart from for Ladybird. That was the, there was. There were really you know nine hundred posters for Ladybird. Apparently that's the only film they're showing in the whole cinema. So. Forever. All I can all I can assume is that Lady Bird has uh, a girl firing an arrow at a deer. We can only hope so. Yeah, that's what that's what I expect. Um, just just going back to um, uh, the order of the
1: day, the Black Panther. Well, why was Martin Freeman in it? Excellent question. Did, did you uh, did you come up with it's a reason? It's kind of a weird film when you know the cast is is mainly black and. Then you've got Andy Circus, who is South African, so that's you know that's fine, white South African. Yeah. And then just Martin Freeman. Yeah. Which is of <laughs> playing of, an American of, of all the, you know, white actors you would throw into this film, Martin Freeman seems a very strange choice. Yeah. He's yeah he
0: was he was very Martin Freeman-esque in it as well. Uh, Andy Circus looked jacked, didn't he? What's he done to his neck? But the thing is, because like we, we don't really necks. know what he looks
1: like because he's always either a monkey or gollum. <laughs> I've or... seen in chat shows. Never had a neck like that. Before. Well, I saw, he did the Oscar it's nomination. Like he did, the, he did the Oscar nomination, and he definitely wasn't that big at the time. No. So he's obviously been, you know, hitting the gym hard. Mm. I mean, now we, you know we're talking about the cast, and, and it was kind of made of a big thing that the cast were mainly black, and yeah. it was going to be about African a culture and a celebration. You know, which is which is something. And interestingly, which, you know, more outrage in the world, is that uh, BBC radio presenter and sometimes presenter of Eggheads, Jeremy, Jeremy Vine, it's fantastical ca- election, right? He called the Black Panther cast overwhelmingly black.
0: <laughs> wow. Expect
1: his which, resignation
0: on the table tomorrow.
1: Which, he's not wrong, but his choice of words probably could be slightly better.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um is he is he, is this an issue? Is he just making an observation? Is he is he is there anything else to accompany this? Is it just did he just pop up and well, say Well, Jeremy, what are your thoughts on the cast? And he said
1: overwhelmingly black. I like to think he just to went in the studio. just went outside the BBC headquarters and just shouted, Overwhelmingly black and then went back to his uh, job. He his actual really? quote was talking to uh with the start of the film, Chadwick. Chadwick Boseman. It's a very different the film that you're both in because you go in the cinema and it is an overwhelmingly black cast. Oh right, okay, okay. There's some
0: context. He wasn't like Ooh. So what Over- you're saying, Johnny, is his his comments were taken out of context.
1: I mean that never happened like in this like a South day- American
0: footballer or an international This agency.
1: never happens in this day and age. No. That's true. Heaven forbid someone getting, you know, a quote about anything taken out of context. Heaven
0: forbid me taking these tweets out of context earlier and not reading the rest of them.
1: But, you know, that's the way it works. Here's a good joke from Twitter. Uh, the only know. two white actors in Black Panther are Martin Freeman, who played Bilbo Baggins. Andy Serkis, who played Colm. They're the Tolkien white guys.
0: Hey, I like
1: it. Thank you for Mr. Drinks on me on Twitter. Why don't we come up with stuff like that? That is good. That's that's
0: gold. That's comedy gold. So, it's a Marvel film, but don't let that sway you. What are you going to give it out of ten?
1: I'll give it a six. Okay. Because I think the thing is, if I watched this, and then I watched Avengers, and then I watched... For you an Iron Man and Spider so Man, I remember, be go. God, you. these films are fucking awful. Yeah. But because I haven't seen it well, and because Black Panther does try and deviate from the, mm. you know, the, the norm, I think it does a reasonable job. Yeah. But it, when Black Panther Two comes out, inevitably, mm-hmm. then I think I'll probably change my mind.
0: Yeah. Up until about pretty an hour and forty five minutes in, it was up at a seven for me, which would have actually made it. Theoretically, better than three billboards outside every Missouri, in my opinion. <laughs> but uh, moving swiftly on, leaving that to the side. Um, the It went on too long, the last 45 minutes just marvelled it up. It and it also,
1: with Marvel, everything of consequence that happens is like they always try and round the edges off everything. Yeah. You know, it's like, can't quite kill them off. Yeah. Maybe we need to fix this other thing. And it goes on and on and on. You can just end the film. So I'm down
0: at... Pretty down at six. Five and a half to six. I'll go, I'll go with six. It's, uh, yeah, I think
1: that's fair. I, did, I, did, I enjoyed it. It wasn't a waste of I time. I went into it with pure dread. Which was... And yeah. I, I left going... That was okay. I, I waited my entire
0: life for this. I, the world's going to start over. I'm going to burn it off. It is quiz time, Johnny. And in honour of our feline friend... The Black Panther... This is all about cats in films. So here are seven questions about cats. Cats are your special subject, are they, Johnny? You know a lot
1: about cats? Uh You don't own a cat as far as I can tell. I've never owned a cat. I Look, have seen a cat. Looking around your apartment. So I, I I had
0: a cat, but someone stole it, which was a shame. Or basically I had to give it back to the small child I stole it from. Um anyway. <laughs> To begin the quiz. Question number one. These, these are so easy. This is the easiest quiz. But then it gets insanely hard towards the end. <laughs> right, so... It's a quiz of two halves, Johnny. Let's put it that way. Question number one. Name the panther in the Jungle Book. Ooh, That's st- a good question, actually. Oh, he's stuck.
1: I can never remember in the Jungle Book which animal's which. I will say Shere Khan. Shere Khan is actually the tiger in the Jungle Book. The
0: panther is Bagheera. Ah... <sighs>
1: Yeah. The, other one.
0: the not, other one. Not Christopher Walken, the orangutan. Maybe this isn't going to be as easy for you as I thought it would be. Maybe it's just because these are the only things I know about cats. Uh, question number two. Name the lion in The Lion, the Witch and the
1: Wardrobe. I'm very close to it, but the the letters aren't quite the right order. It this with an A. Yeah, that's where I've got to. All I want to say is Azkaban. It's close to Azkaban. Our Azerbaijan. So I will say...
0: I can't remember... Aslan <sighs> Aslan is the man 0 oh, for 2 Johnny shit yeah, I, I thought the cats be, are not my are, I'm a dog person really those are the easy ones I oh, no this is the easy one question number 3 who voices Puss in Boots from Shrek
1: Antonio Banderas yeah there you
0: go on the wagon finally on the score oh, sheet on the bottom of the table question right. number 4 what yeah. is
1: the name of Ellen Ripley's cat in Alien bloody oh, Nora <laughs> I'll call it Orion.
0: Jones. Although I also would have accepted Jonesy.
1: (laughs) Not to be confused with uh, Private Jones from Dad's Army. No, no. That would be much better if in Alien, if Alien, if instead of a a cat called Jones, it was just Private Jones from Dad's Army. Wasn't he like a hundred years old? Wasn't Clive Dunn? Was he Private Jones? Yeah, Clive Dunn. He was deceptively young though, I think, Clive Dunn, in it. He just looked old. (laughs) Jesus. Paper round of Don't panic! Don't panic, Mrs. Ripley! <laughs> Just bayoneting the alien.
0: <laughs> I think that's something we could all get on board with. Dad's
1: Army, the Dad's, Dad's Army, Army was amazing. In Alien, would have been amazing. Private Fraser,
0: was he? The, he was the Scottish one who was like, or was that Wilson? Who was like really softly spoken? And then the Spiv, who was the Spiv? Oh yeah, the Spiv.
1: Oh, I, I was. It was on the other night because BBC Two only ever shows Dad's Army. Someone should have gone in and pitched Dad's Army in space. Yes. Which is what they did for If him. they were all still alive now, then inevitably that would have been the next step for Dad's Army. Uh,
0: question number five. This is a bastard of a question. I really shouldn't have even put this in. Uh, what year was the aristocrats released? <laughs> <laughs> I was really struggling for cat oh, questions.
1: Yeah. Um, I'll say... Don't drop like a kipper here. 78.
0: Nineteen seventy. Do you know what? Ooh, I'm 70. going to give you Go that because really I should have asked what decade was the aristocrats <laughs> Cats released. Well, I'll take it because these questions are insane. I'll I'll take my two points. Seventies. Um, in, in Cats and Dogs two. <laughs> I don't even know what Cats and Dogs one is. <laughs> what is the name of the Cats agency? What is the agency? Cats <laughs> agency of cats. <laughs> Mouses enforcing our worlds. And then S. Mouses enforcing our world's sadness safety. Wow, <laughs> oh, that was a tough one.
1: It was so. Uh, yeah, Meows is the name of the agency in cats. Um, I'll be I'll be glad when that comes up in a pub quiz. Yeah, and I'll go. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> and then uh, question number seven. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna give you two options here. Uh, what breed is Blofeld's cat? Ooh. Is it a Persian or a tabby?
1: No, no, I think it's a tabby.
0: I gave you the the easiest breed of cat I could think of as the alternative
1: is a Persian. I always thought Persian cats were quite tabbies thin. are just those like male well, that's what I thought. brown. They're not Persian cats. cats like Meowth in Pokemon. Yeah, kind of.
0: No. Is Wait, I dunno. Yeah, he's a Persian cat.
1: Yeah, I thought they were called with the like you thought brownie. Hmm. Isn't it, Blofeld's cat a big white thing? Yeah, it I looked looks, it up, it says it's a Persian cat. It looks like cat. Andy Wild's hair or something. You need, to, you need
0: to go and do some cat... I'm not taking any, like, argument from you, Johnny, with your cat knowledge. Absolutely. A Blofeld's cat is a, is a mystery. Abysmal cat knowledge from you, Johnny. So, yeah, I probably need, to, probably need to
1: scrub up my cat knowledge.
0: Absolutely. But don't scrub a cat, they don't like it.
1: Everybody wants to be a cat Because a cat's the only cat who knows? where is that Tell me picking up on that beat Cause everything else is obsolete.
0: right so this shit show is nearly over. The only thing left to do is a game we like to play called this is the title What is the movie? So Johnny no James here this week so once again the burden of movie dumb falls on you. <laughs> I've written a, a very elaborate one this Ooh, week so that came what, to me like think like a... you've
1: written it. I thought you did all these off, off the top of your head. <laughs> this this if this didn't come to me in a dream, it certainly will at some point now. What we should start
0: doing is like um in uh, um, Mock the Week or Who's Lines It Anyway? Well whose Lines Anyway was real, wasn't it? But like Mock the Week where like I pretend that you haven't written already and I'm uh, like yeah. Johnny um here's a film title, make something up and you go, Oh god and then you just wrap it out and talk for five minutes yeah, in yeah. great detail in great detail,
1: just off the cuff well I've, the, the film I've got the film title this week is the house with a clock in its walls clock do you say clock? clock yeah, yeah. just to that's, clarify, a, that's a different film I can write a synopsis for that but we'll have, to, we'll have to bleep some of that out Johnny said clock in its walls <laughs> this isn't a George Michael situation there's a cl- there's the clock in the walls. Because if it was the house with a cock in its walls, it would just be a glory hole. <laughs> no, because the, in a the glory hole, the, the cock is
0: out of the... It's not in, not in the wall. Oh, that's true. No, so to would defeat the point of it. Depends
1: how thin the wall is. It would be a glory wall. <laughs> well, that's something different. <laughs> or cottaging. This is a, a conversation for another time. Here we go. Vincent, Reggie and Rich are struggling financially. Vincent, played by Hugh Grant, mm-hmm. is a retired investment banker living off his dwindling savings. Reggie, played by Tom Hardy, is a painter decorator struggling to make ends meet for his young family. And Rich, played by Samuel L. Jackson, okay. is an outlandish radio DJ with of gambling debts. Mm-hmm. When the three receive a mysterious letter in the post inviting them to a unique investment opportunity, capable of quadrupling their savings, they can hardly believe their luck. Arriving in a flat in an old 70s tower block, the trio enter into a nightmare beyond comprehension. <laughs> A timeshare scheme. <laughs> Greeted by sinister Liverpudlian salesman, Eric Recorder. <laughs> 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 Even I'm proud of this one. Eric Recorder, played by Derek Akora, <laughs> In his first role for the Good. psychic medium. The trio soon find they are unable to leave and must endure the sales pitch of a lifetime. <laughs> Trapped in this dingy 70s flat with floral curtains and shag carpet... The trio are stuck between listening to recorders, never-ending sales pitch on a host of old JVC televisions, (laughs) or suffer the trauma of daytime TV, like This Morning, The Right Stuff and Loose Women. Their only sense of the outside world comes courtesy of the many clocks endlessly ticking throughout the flat, quietly driving the men mad. The only thing they now share is time. The three bickering strangers must put their differences aside and work together to find a way out. A glimmer of hope comes when they hear the rantings of a slightly deaf war veteran in the flat next door, played by Malcolm McDowell, who they can hear because he's listening to, he's watching reruns of MASH and The Great Escape. Can the talent of a radio DJ, a painter-decorator, and a banker combine to reach this sole source of hope? Will the dastardly Eric Recorder and his timeshare scheme drive them mad? Only time will tell in The House with the Clock in the Walls. Right. So, you've really got to town there, Johnny.
0: So, Derek Okora is kind of like <laughs> Jigsaw from Saw. Yeah. But his punishment is a timeshare scheme.
1: <laughs> I, was, I was sort of inspired by there's an episode of South Park where they go to a uh, timeshare meeting to get a free <laughs> gift and they get off a ski lift into the timeshare meeting and they can never get out. <laughs> and then they find the government are in on it and then they're just trapped having to do this timeshare meeting. So, sort of riffed off that. So, did they buy the time show in the end or is that a spoiler? We'll never know. Originally, I, the casting Cause, did cause change. Because the, the pitch never ends. The pitch never ends. So, the, the casting did change because originally uh, Vince, the retired investment banker, wasn't going to be Hugh Grant, it was going to be Christopher Walken. But then I thought. I reckon that would have been way better. Why I think so. But ben then Mark I thought Walken? Hugh Grant, you know, just mixes the dynamic up. And Tom Cruise was going to be Eric Recorder. Because but he wasn't called Eric Recorder. Christopher Walken's used to having a clock in his ass. Ah, oh, that's true. So, to have it in the wall.
0: Would Maybe be he
1: could have been. Change. he could have been the war veteran, because then he could have just reprised it, yeah. from uh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. So, it could have been the house with the clock
0: in the next door neighbor's ass.
1: The way your dad looked at it, this watch was your birthright.
0: He'd be damned if any slope's going to put the greasy yellow hands on his boy's birthright. So, he hid it in one place he knew he could hide something his ass. Five long years he wore this watch up his ass. And he died of dysentery. Give me the watch. I hid this uncomfortable hunk of metal up my ass two years. Now,
1: little man, I give the watch to you.
0: So that's it from us for another fortnight. We'll be back ne- in a couple of weeks' time with hopefully James Pew if he doesn't drop a late. Well, we need to get lunch. him out the uh, get him out the asylum. We need to get him out the asylum. We'll yeah, break yeah, we'll... him out the asylum. We'll wheel him out in one of those wheelchairs. He'll still have his
1: gown on. That'll be fine. And if he's been lobotomized, he'll probably make more sense than us two.
0: Yeah. So please do follow us on Twitter, where Johnny's been putting out some great stuff recently. Hilarious hilarious GIFs and memes and tings. So get involved with that, because he, he's working hard at it. And uh, also, um, just keep listening. Subscribe on iTunes. If you are so inclined, that's where... We'd like to get as many people listening as possible and make sure you review. Absolutely make sure you rate and review. Five stars all over the place. Not enough reviews on there at the moment. That's but
1: certainly don't stats. review
0: if you're going to give us one star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. don't do that. Don't do that. But if you review and we get big, you can say to everyone you're in at the ground, ground floor, which uh, at the moment we're in the basement. And, uh, <laughs> we're in the
1: lower basement.
0: Maybe we might get to the mezzanine <laughs> at some stage. So that's everything from me and Johnny for this week. So thank you very much for joining me, Johnny been a pleasure and thank you very much for joining us listeners we're going to go and throw some blackberries at some children